Hello, everybody, and welcome to Moaning Myrtle's Bathroom. I'm Katie. I'm Emily. And this is a Harry Potter podcast where we just discuss and moan and groan things that we love and get emotional about in the series. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, we uh, have a good handful of some top fives that we're going to talk about together. Uh, And then later on, we are going to do some debating. We've got some ranking that we're going to do. Books, movies, miscellaneous. We're going to see what happens. So get ready. Watch out. Debate-a-thon. Here we go. Yeah. (laughs) So before we get into that, Katie, what's flooding your toilet this week? A lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. So I'm on a read-through of the books right now. Yes. Like working on it. And I just finished Order of the Phoenix. And because I really hate myself and I have to ruin my life, after finishing the most beautiful book in the world, I decided to watch the movie that's based on the beautiful book in the world. And... It was rough. It was rough. (laughs) It was rough. That, like, just PSA to everybody... Don't finish a Harry Potter book and then watch the movie right afterward. Oh, my God. It'll make you really upset. <laughs> Which we are planning to do for this podcast, so get ready for Which that. we will, and you'll hear our emotions <laughs> about it. But especially when it's, like, movies four through six, I think, are the worst. Ooh. Just don't do it. But That's a rough one. So, yeah, movie five. Like, ugh, I hate that I love it as much as I do, because yeah. I think it's a beautiful movie, mm-hmm. but, like, oh, they leave so much animals. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> and it hurts my heart. And I just, I got so upset that St. Mungo's wasn't there. And oh, I know. I, I got ugh, even more upset that Sirius' death is stupid in the movie. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that part. And it, oh, there's just so many things. But it's there are lot. some really great things, too. Yeah. And I was just so back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's, yeah, that movie's a hard one for me. Because a lot of the time I'm like, yes! And then the other half of the time, I'm like, oh, no. but here's all these things that got cut out. Oh, here's where that was supposed to be on. That's yeah, it's just disappointing. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> that, <laughs> it's that, like there are some highs and there are some lows. That movie is a definite roller coaster for sure. Oof, yeah, uh, worthy of a toilet flood for sure. It, yeah, it's a big clogger. A big clogger. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Emily, what's been flooding your bathroom this week? Okay. Well, I have been, and you know this, because I've been forcing them on you, too. I cannot stop watching these fucking Vine compilations that are Harry Potter-themed. They're amazing. It's so good. Some of them are, like, not it for me, but there are a handful that have tickled me. (laughs) in such a good way it's so funny and i keep coming back to this one where it's that it's that little boy who's crying on the sidewalk (laughs) this one's so good and the kid filming he's like what's wrong and then the kid crying goes because he fucking pushed me and it's so funny and somebody put that as the Draco Malfoy vine, and I, I like pee my pants even when I think about it. It's so funny. It's amazing. I just like I see I see Malfoy in my head, and I hear the echoing words because he fucking pushed me, and it's so <laughs> accurate. It's like and one so of the most funny. accurate ones. I urge all of you to go look for these on YouTube. Some of them are terrible, but some of them are so spot on that oh it makes the whole video worth oh it. Oh my god. Oh, it is so 
so good. I can't stop watching them. And like the dead of the night, I'm like frantically searching for ones that I haven't seen yet. <laughs> it's They're so, so good. funny. I love it so much. So that's people are so creative on YouTube. It makes my heart very happy. <laughs> yeah, that's what's been uh, flooding my life right now. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Are we ready to get into some top fives? We are. Okay. Which one should we start with? Do you want to start with villains? Yeah, let's do villains. Okay. This is an awkward pause. I'm going to cut out. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Just as a reminder to myself. So are we going to start from like bottom up? Oh. Or do you want to start like, this is my number one and then we'll go from there. Let's do bottom up. Bottom up. Okay. Okay. Do you, before we get, I have an honorable mention that I didn't actually put in my top five. Oh. And it's because I really hate this person so much that I didn't want to do them the honor of putting them in my, like, top wow. five villains. And it's not Umbridge. Like, a lot of people say she's the worst villain. Yeah. It's Peter Pettigrew. <gasps> Ooh! I fucking hate him so much. So I was like, I'll put him in as an honorable mention because yeah. that whole twist with him is very good yeah. to me. But I mm. hate him so much that I don't want to, I don't want to give him the honor of being in my actual top five list. I'm kind of excited to do a, a Marauder-themed podcast where we talk about yeah. the intent and ramifications yeah. of Peter Pettigrew's actions. Oh, man. There's I'm so much to discuss deep with the Marauders into it. in yeah. general. Like, that'll be such a good discussion. Well, that's a, that's a good honorable mention. I'm sorry if he was in your actual list of villains. I no, just, I, he was not he in. Wasn't. Like, he did not make it to the top five for me. Okay. Well, then, now okay. I feel even better about making him an honorable mention <laughs> and not actually putting him in the list. Okay. Who is official on your list at number five? Umbridge is number Umbridge five. Umbridge is number five. Okay, why do you have her placed at the bottom? Um, because I hate her. <laughs> I don't want her to give her the... <laughs> the satisfaction. The satisfaction of being, like, up higher. And honestly, just because I feel like the other villains that I have Ooh. are just, like, more interesting to me than Ooh. her. Like, she's... She's very mean, and I I like her because I think it's interesting that she represents the whole idea that, like, the government can be mm-hmm. a villain, and I really appreciate that, but... Yeah. Some of the other villains are just more intriguing to me than her. So she's kind of lower. Okay. Who's your number five? My number five is Fenrir Greyback. Ooh, I didn't even think of him. I didn't at first. And then I was kind of ruminating because I only had four. And then I was like, okay, no, I got to think about this more. Because there are some there are some sleeper villains that need to be taken into consideration. Yeah. And I think he is such a despicable character. And we don't get a I lot agree. of time with him. But I think he definitely deserves a spot on the top five. Yeah. Because he's nasty. He's just bad. And I think that uh, he makes a really irredeemable villain. Mm -hmm. So, top five for sure. So, yeah, Yeah. he's at my number five. He's a good one. I didn't even think of him as an option, but that's a good one. Okay. My number four. Are you ready? Yes. My number four is Barty Crouch Jr. Ooh, bitch! (laughs) And I feel like the biggest reason why he's low is just because he's only really in one book. Like, I feel like if he had had a bigger role, he would have been up more. And I used to never think that much of him, but I recently reread the end of Goblet of Fire. And, like, just reading how fucking complicated his whole story is with, like, being an ass man and sneaking out and killing his father and, like... It's all so good. Like, he's such a sneaky little bitch, and I love him. <laughs> like, 
I thought his story was just so well played out. Agreed. And it was amazing. Agreed. So he definitely deserves to be in the top five list yes. for me. My number four is Umbridge. I she deserves to be on the list for sure. Yes, yes, I agree. She's pretty despicable. I agree with you with like I think she's so compelling because of what she represents. Mm-hmm. Like she's not like the other villains. You know, she's not a death eater. Yeah. I mean, we see her changing right. in the last book, but she's not a death eater. She's just like a racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she's- like it's it's different. It's like she represents this institutionalized just ickiness and I, yeah. I'm really I'm like deep into it and you know I had her higher before mm-hmm. and then I moved some stuff around but she's definitely still top five but I think that she is I think that she for the series as a whole is worse than Fenrir so she's at number four for yeah me. I agree I think she she's such a relatable villain too like she's the kind of villain that like we're used to dealing with in our actual lives and i think that's what makes her so intriguing too is like we don't have to deal with voldemort's for real but like we deal with people like umbridge a lot like the government especially right now yes and also just like racist people Mm -hmm. people who really like to discriminate and are very prejudiced like Mm -hmm. she's very relatable true we all know an umbridge we all we all know at least one umbridge yes (laughs) yeah Okay, who's coming okay. in at number three? Number three, I kind of have two people. They're not totally the same, but, like, they're similar. I have Bellatrix okay. and Lucius kind Ooh. of put together. And part of it is because they're, like, part of the same family, but I feel like they, okay. they're they different enough, but they also kind of represent the same yes. thing. Okay. Like, they're people who, like, grew up with, like, this prejudice. They have the pure blood air about them. Yeah. They're both followers of Voldemort. They both do his dirty work for him. They both are his like faithful servants. And yeah. they in the end I feel like they're not as different. Yeah. Lucius, I would argue, maybe has a little bit of a come to Jesus moment at some point. <laughs> a tiny one. <laughs> Bellatrix does not. And no. that's the difference. Is like I feel like after the war, Bellatrix, had she survived, would have continued in her ways. But oh, Lucius like yeah. kind of changes a little bit, and I think that's the difference. But mm-hmm. during the course of the series, they yeah seem to be kind of the same. Bellatrix is a little bit more severe in yeah. her ways than Lucius is, but they still have roughly the same values and the same means of going about things. Can I admit of. a controversial thing? Yes, Bellatrix did not make my top five. Really? Yeah. I, she was on it at first, but then it's just, I don't know. I wish we had gotten more. Yeah. I just like, even the littlest bit that we had of Fenrir, I thought he was so despicable. Yes. And like, I like, I think Bellatrix is a great villain. She'd come in at six for me. Yeah. But I just like, there's something that's like not as compelling about her yeah. to me as the others on my list. And I don't know if that is a, a failing of Miss Joanne and her problems with her, like, women characters. Yeah. I think she hits kind of one note sometimes. Bellatrix mm-hmm. does. Yeah. And it, it isn't as compelling to me as some of the other ones. Yeah. Lucius isn't even on it. Lucius, I love that he's on yours, but I, he didn't make it onto mine. I think honestly, he's too much of a Honestly, I feel like wimp. some people could also argue. Like, I almost didn't put him on because I was like, is he really a villain, though? Like, he, feels he kind like, of is, but he's kind of like a half-assed villain. He feels like a villain 
to me in the first half. Yes, but in the later book, he's like nothing. after like the end of Order of the Phoenix, like that's where his like villain yeah. role cuts out, and then he's just like weak. His last gasp. Mm-hmm. That's when he starts to like turn around. Yeah. too. is like he's in Azkaban and he comes back, and all of a sudden he's not at the top of the totem mm-hmm. pole. He's at like the way. It's all very interesting. I'm so into like these like backstory Death Eater politics. That and is stuff. another. I'm deep into it. I think the Malfoy family is just another podcast that we have to have for sure, where we just talk about them. Because they're all my my everything, and they're Mm -hmm. so important and special to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, who is your number three? Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah! Another sleeper! But, like, he is so compelling i know it's like i i always forget because you know like the i feel like the movie the curse of the movies is that they stay in your mind more easily because they're visual yeah so like that that chunk of him saying everything that happened at the end of the book is so rushed in that movie yes and every time I get to that part in the book, I'm always like, oh my god! And yeah. I freak out because I it is so smart. And it's such a good um, switch that we see from Harry's first, like, going into Dumbledore's memory. Yeah. And seeing him crying and begging his mom and dad to, like, not send him to Azkaban to this, like, cold-blooded Bitch, I'm so yes, I know. into him. I'm yeah. so into him, and it, I'm a little sad that he was a, a a one-stop shop. He was he was just the the one villain for four, and then it was it was done. And then we never hear then, about him again. Then like, he's he's just, not a part of it again. And I I get it, and I respect it. And I think honestly, it's fa- oh, he gets the Dementor's kiss, yeah. doesn't he? That's I think that it's him. better than like drawing him out when he was like so perfectly encapsulated in this like one book. Yeah, but I'm always like. Oh, I'd love to get more. What? Yeah. Like, who is this kid? And I love a good villain, too, who is, like, there for the entire time, but you don't know oh, that they're there until the end. So He's present good. for the entire book. So good. But you don't know. And Peter Pettigrew is kind of the same way, but Barty Crouch is just so much more interesting. That is such a good twist. About. Yeah. I love when it's someone twist. that you think you can trust and someone mm-hmm. you think you know just turns out to be total 180 mm-hmm. and it's oh it's so and good. i'd argue too that like you know i'd say prisoner of azkaban starts to to dip its toe in in some darkness but it's still that book to me is still very kid book right but i feel like this barty crouch senior barty crouch junior plot line is so dark yes and it's like the first kind of like punch up Mm-hmm. That the series gets into, like, all right, here we go. Get ready for young adult novels, because this is what it's going to be now. Yeah. That he, like, kills his father. Right. And tur- I'm always, like, horrified when he turns him into a bone and buries him. I know. That's Ooh, and it's, su- it's such good, like, parallelism <laughs> to, like, Voldemort's return. Mm-hmm. with getting the bone of his father. Like, it's... It's, it's, uh, 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 it's all good. Yeah. It's all amazing. I love it so much. It's so. very clever. Like, yeah. she, he was a very well-written character on Joanne's part. Absolutely. He was a very well-written and very complicated character. I, yeah, I really, I think he's really great. So, yep, he is middle of the pack for me. 
Um, All right. For number two and number one, I have a feeling that we have the same people. For number two, I know for sure we have the same number one. Yes, bitch. (laughs) So, I'll say my number two, and if he's your number two, then we... We'll get into it. It's Grindelwald. Yes! Yes. (laughs) We haven't even seen that much of him, but what I have seen... I'm so pumped. I know. I'm so pumped. Like... He was intriguing to me when we learned about him in Deathly Hollows, but I was like, I don't know enough about him to really care that much compared to a lot of other villains. But now with Mm -hmm. everything coming out, with the glimpse we saw in Fantastic Beasts and everything we've heard about what the movies are going to be going forward, he's so intriguing. And he also seems like he just has such a complicated story, and I'm so excited to learn more. love a charismatic villain, and I'm so glad that we're getting a talker. I know. Voldemort was a monologuer. Then that just got cut completely from the movies, and he was such an interesting speaker. He's such a drama queen. (laughs) Such a drama queen. But, like, I'm excited because this is, like, a political revolutionary villain, and he's got to give speeches, and he's got to turn tides. Yeah. So I'm so excited about it. I love a charismatic villain, and I feel like Grindelwald is, like, so perfect for it. Yes, I agree. Oh, I'm my very God. excited to see more of him. For I'm sure. so excited about it. I'm like, if I got the credence treatment, I'd be there. Oh yeah. How can you say no? Oh yeah. Oh boy. Especially when he's in Colin Farrell's body. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yes. Yeah, Grindelwald all the way. All right. Yeah. So we're in agreement, and of course, number one. Of course, number one is our little boy. The boy, Timothy. Young <laughs> Tim Roddle. Tim Roddle. Voldemort, of course, comes Voldemort. in at number one. Of course. How can he not be number one? He's my everything. I love him. What I a good villain. So what a good villain. I oh. feel like he's my number one villain, not just in Harry Potter, but like my number one villain like of all time. Oh. Compared to like every other movie I've ever seen, every other book I've ever read. Like he's my number one for he's- everything. Very good. He's such a well-developed and well-written villain, and he's he's a beautiful soul. <laughs> That's really one of the main reasons that I get so disappointed in the later half of the movies. Yeah, it's because we... Oh, I feel so like he peaked in Goblet of Fire. And which then, is not how it's supposed to be! Uh, he's, like, so... Um, just, like, ooky, spooky, slimy, nasty, and he's so soft. Yes. What a, oh, I love it. Oh, man. Oh, Voldemort. I'm into it's it. It's like he's creepy, and he's definitely the villain. Like, you don't want him to win, but you can't help but feel sympathy for him. You can't help but, like, feel for him in some way anyway. Oh. Because he has such a tragic backstory. And I love he, it. His childhood was rough. It's not his fault that he is the way he is, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that <laughs> later. But, like, <laughs> oh, he's so good. <laughs> I know. Controversial podcast number one. Yeah. <laughs> the Tom Riddle podcast affair. Yeah. Yikes. We've got a lot to talk about on that front, and we'll get to it. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have multiple podcasts that just focus on Tom Riddle. But <laughs> just bottom line, it's he's so the good. number one villain. 100% number one villain. He, so good. It's not even debatable to me. I will fight anybody that says the other yeah. villains are better than him. He's so good. All right, well, let's move on to uh, top five supporting characters. Now, this one was hard for me. I did not put them in order. Okay. So, I think for this one, um, let's just go down our list. Okay. So, 
in no particular order, these are my top five supporting characters. Are we going to go one by one, or are you just going to read all of them? I'm just going to read all of them. Okay. Draco Malfoy. I think he's really compelling. All of these I've picked because I think they have really compelling stories. Yes. Ginny Weasley. Duh, amazing, perfect. Yes. Horace Slughorn. My boy. I love him. Yes. Number four, Petunia Dursley. Ooh, a good one. I am so into her. And lastly, Aberforth Dumbledore. Nice. You picked some good ones. I have some in common with Mm -hmm. you, but I also have some different ones. So, Draco Malfoy, obviously on my list. He will be on every list of my (laughs) list. True. Um, Neville Longbottom. Yeah. Hagrid. Okay, yeah. Ginny is yes. on my list, too. And Luna. Ooh. I have. I know. I mine. thought about Neville and Luna, but then I was like, you know, I like these, like, smaller ones that I was always really interested Petunia in. Petunia is a very good one. Oh. Oh, She I... was so underexplored, but there were so many hints at, like, what was there. Can we just take a moment, too? Fiona Shaw oh. deserves so much recognition for her role job. in the movies with her. She was amazing. Oh. Just small moment of appreciation for Fiona Shaw. Yeah. She's great. Really good. Okay. Are we ready to do top five school subjects at Hogwarts? This yes. one I do have ranked in order. You do? Okay. Yes. Okay. You can start with number five. With number five, I put potions. Mm-hmm. I think it's an important subject, but I don't like it that much. Okay. And I, I don't even dislike it because of Snape. I feel like <laughs> I just dislike it because that's totally not my thing. It's very, yeah. like, chemistry to me, and I hate mm. chemistry. So I'm like, I understand that it's an important subject, but it's not my fave. <laughs> so okay. that was my number five. Number five for me is care of magical creatures. Okay. I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Maybe not with Hagrid. Yeah. That's a little bit stressful to me. I mean, some of the lessons that we heard about were really good and really fun. Right. But an overwhelming majority are a little bit terrifying. And I, I wouldn't like to be in that position. So, but I'm into it. I think it's, like, so interesting. Yeah. I love all the magical I creatures. Agree. It's if fun to learn about. If I went to Hogwarts, that would be a class that I would be super excited yeah. to take is care of magical For creatures. real. Okay, what's your number four? That one wasn't on my list, but I kind of wish it was. Yeah. (laughs) My number four is Herbology. Ooh, okay. I just, I don't know. We don't even see that much about Herbology, but, like, Mm -hmm. the plants that we do learn about are really interesting to me. Like, the, um, what's the one that's in the first one? Devil's Snare. Devil's Snare. I love Devil's Snare. It's just so cool. And, like, Neville's, like, Nimbulous Nimbletopia. Yeah. And I don't know. I just... Herbology has a soft spot with me a little bit. Herbology did not make my list because I always kill my plants. (laughs) (laughs) I do, too. But I always am hopeful that someday I will learn to take care of them. (laughs) I try my hardest and it's the worst. Okay. Magical plants I feel like I would put more effort into because they're dangerous and they'll kill you if you don't (laughs) take care of them well. (laughs) My number four is, get ready, this is a big surprise, divination. Divination. I almost put it on I'm into that spooky shit. (laughs) I'm about it. I have a, a, 
a lame, tiny little collection of dumb little crystals. Because <laughs> I think they're real pretty and cute. And it's kind of fun to learn about, like, what they mean and what they can oh. do and all this stuff and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I don't even need to believe in any of it or any divination stuff. But I think it's so cool. Yeah. I love a witchy moment. And I feel like divination will absolutely give that to me. So right. divination is my number four. It's an interesting subject for sure. Um, my number three is data defense Ooh. against the dark arts. I feel like it's a, too much of a roller coaster for me to put it any higher, but I still think it deserves <laughs> to be on the list. Oh <laughs> boy. Oh, and I, obviously it's an important subject, especially yeah. given what is happening in these books <laughs> during the time that true, they take place. True. So true. Yeah. Data. My number three is potions. Potions. I did like chemistry out of all the sciences. Oh, really? I'm not a fan of doing the sciences. I think they're important, but I'm not a fan of studying them myself. Yeah. But I did like chemistry, and I also feel like potions is like cooking. Oh, true. And I really like cooking, so I th- I just think it's fun. I think it's like a non like stressful it's like you follow these steps and if you do a good job you then your potion turns out good and it's not like this weird magical failing if you can't produce a spell correctly it's like like herbology it's one that like you don't need to be like this perfect witch or wizard to Mm -hmm. do you can just do it and if you are good at following the directions and like it seems like you can do some fun experiments and stuff. I just yeah. think it seems fun. So potions comes in at number and three And some for of me. the potions that we learn about in the books are totally potions that I wish that we yeah. had in real life. Yeah. Like Felix Felices. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need that every day. I know, right? <laughs> I need that getting Apple to hurry up or and like accept this podcast. Or, like, would be so fun to, like, dick around yeah. with. <laughs> to dick around with. Like, I know that it would probably Such a sinister potion, and you're like, that'd be so fun. And just like, I don't know, like, mess around with it. would be fun. It would be, though. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's cool. Love Some it. of the potions that we learned about are just very interesting. Yeah. Agreed. So my second is Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. I love Transfiguration. I've always been so fascinated by it, and I yeah. wish that we could have, like, learned more about the actual subject Yeah, in the books. Because, like, the glimpses that we get are so cool to me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking, I wish we'd get to learn more about it in Fantastic Beasts also. Oh, but I yeah. guess that we don't get to. Because Dumbledore apparently isn't a transfiguration huh? creature. What? Fuck. All right, continue. I'm so okay. sorry. I'm just feeling no. very bitter over here. I know. No, that was <laughs> such a, like... What the fuck is happening? David Yates! <laughs> David Yates! All right. All right, what's your number two? My number two is charms. Because I think that that would be the most useful to me. Yes. There's all sorts of shit you learn in charms. I just, like, that's that's the good stuff. That's the yeah. make life easier stuff. And I I'm agree. into it. It's not, it's not the heart. It's not the life-saving stuff. It's not the, ooh, look at me, turn my toe into a carrot. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's an example, I guess. <laughs> it's not flashy. 
But God, I'm into it. It's, Anything you see Molly doing is a charm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that she just, oh, it's life is so easy and I know, good. I know. I life totally is so agree. Easy and good. I agree. Charms was my number one. So Ooh, I agree. I've always you. like, okay, you know, BuzzFeed quizzes, yes. like stupid Harry Potter BuzzFeed quizzes. When yes. it's like, pick a subject. I always charms. pick charms yeah. all the time. I totally agree. I, it's like not dark magic. It's just like. Life yeah. easy now. The one that I always pick is my number one. It's history of magic. Fuck you. <laughs> it's history of magic. Always history. Of I magic. am so interested in this big bad world that Joanne made for me specifically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know all about it. And when everybody's like, oh, fuck history of magic. I'm like, fuck you. Especially Harry, who's coming in, who doesn't know shit. Because yeah. he was raised by muggles. I'm like, are you kidding me? Hermione is the only correct person in this entire series. <laughs> like, yeah. are you kidding me? History of magic so cool. I love history anyway, but, like, I want to know. I want to know about all the wizard history. Right. I want to know. I know. So that comes in at number one for me. History of magic. Colon. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, are we ready Does to it write? just, like, make you so angry whenever you hear, like, everybody complain about history and magic yes, in the books? Yes, I think it's so, I think it would be so fun. Yeah. God. Plus, like, getting taught by a ghost would make it even more exciting, I yes. feel like. Like, they say it makes it boring, but I'm like, your teacher is dead. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, sorry. You can go first. Our last list is professors. Yes, and I do also have that one in order. Yes, so do I. Okay, number five for me is Flitwick. Me too! Wow! We don't hear a lot about him, but he seems like a cool dude. And, like, from what we have heard, it's like, he is kind, will stay after class with students to help them. Yeah. He uh, goes all out decorating for the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I think he seems like a real nice professor that I'd want to learn from. I know. I totally agree. Yeah. He's just a very likable character, even though we don't Mm -hmm. know much about him. He just seems very sweet. That's so exciting. We We had the same one. Yeah. Okay. My number four is... Hagrid. Mine too! <laughs> what the heck? I'm obsessed. Okay, you talk about why you picked Hagrid. Because he's so sweet. Okay, honestly, I feel like Hagrid does not get enough appreciation. True. At all. I think that he is such a big character in, like, the early books because, like, he's the one that introduces Harry to everything. Yes. And then after that, he just kind of goes away and he gets so gypped. But I think he also is a character that has a really interesting history. Mm-hmm. And I think even though he's probably not the best, like, professor, he's still very, like, passionate about the subject he's teaching. He tries to make it as interesting for students as possible, even if he doesn't really go about it in the right way. Yes. Like, he throws his all into it, even though it doesn't always come out in an ideal situation. Absolutely 100% agree. Yeah. He cares so much, and I feel like that's what makes him a good professor. Yeah. Even if sometimes the subject matter is so bad. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think he's great. Okay, let's see. I don't I don't think we're going to be on it. Well, maybe. I don't know. For number three. My number three is Slughorn. He's on my list, but he's not my number three. Oh, wow. Further up? Yes. Damn, Sluggy. Sluggy. I don't know what it is about him. I have such a soft spot for him. Like, he... 
I love oh, him. I love, I love. I love him. I think that, like, we only see him in the, like, NEWT level class where I feel like it seems like he's, like, not doing a lot of teaching. Yeah. But at that high, high level, like... Like, you shouldn't really need to do a lot of teaching. No, you're, you're like, doing challenges. Yes. So I think that that, like, it's... It seemed really theory based, but I feel like if you were in lower levels with him, he would be very good. He is passionate. He's jovial. Yeah. He seems like a really helpful person. And like, yeah, he plays favorites, but it doesn't seem that bad. No, like he's still willing to help anybody, I think, and like give you feedback. Yeah. Even though he like has some people that he'll maybe butter up a little more. But like <laughs> he's still like I like him. I, I feel like him. that's a little bit of a controversial opinion, too. I think I, it is. I know some people who really don't like Slughorn. People don't like Slughorn. But I think he's great. I love him. And we'll him. talk more about him just, like, as a character, too, later on, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. He's a good professor, and he's an even better, like, character. I general. love him as a character. He's, he's so great. cool. He's great. Oh, okay. So, um, my number three was Lupin. Um, mm. he's only a professor for one book, but I think he's a good one. Again, in that, like, here's, okay, here's a little, like, thing I've always, like, had a little bit of a problem with, is I feel like the way that Lupin teaches Defense Against the Dark Arts is more of making it care of magical creatures than it Same. is Defense Against okay, the Dark Arts. Okay, I'm glad we're getting into this. Um, but I think he's still a very good teacher in the way that he, like, goes about his classes. Yes. And that's why he's still, like, on my list, is because even though, like, he's maybe not teaching the subject matter the way that it's meant to be taught Mm -hmm. for, like, that particular class. Yeah. I think he's still, like, again, he's very passionate about teaching. Um, And I think I also just have a lot of appreciation for, like, the way that he treats his students. And I always kind of fall back on, like, the way he is with Neville, like, Mm -hmm. letting him come out of his shell by, like, having having him, like, help out in class. And just, like, he's very, like, passionate about, like, his students and, like, helping them. Yep. And that's why I have a lot of appreciation for him as a teacher. Lupin is my number two. Your number two. I agree with you a million percent about that like the curriculum yeah. of that year. Like what is that? Yeah. And why? I know. Why is this defense? Okay, they're dark creatures. I, I guess understand you have to why learn. werewolves would be. It's a weird thing to me that that's what was decided to be like Defense Against the Dark Arts for that book when Care of Magical Creatures was introduced in that book also. Right. It's weird to me. So I don't know. I agree with it, but I think like objectively he is a fan favorite. Yes. And a student favorite. A student favorite for sure. Which is why he's up at number two for me. Because yeah. because the students, like, really are into him. Right. And that they felt, I feel like, you know, what is it? In Order of the Phoenix, everybody's talking about, like, all the, like, Defense Against the Dark Art professors that they've had. And that, like, Lupin is... The, the best. best. Yeah. Like, so, everybody has good things to say. But yeah. I've seen so many fan theories, too, about people being, like, they see that Lupin is having a hard time. They see he's not feeling well. They see that, like, Snape is picking on him. And so students will, like, go out of their way to, like, do, like, kind things Aww, for him. Oh, that's cute. And it makes me so happy that, like, all of the students appreciate him so much that they'll, like, go out of their way to, like, do good things for him. So I think it's interesting that 
like we both had the same three and two just in different orders Mm -hmm. like sluggy and lupin were just like reversed and i feel that number one is also the same Minerva McGonagall. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How could it be anybody else? I know. The queen. She's honestly just one of my favorite characters True in general. Life. Yes. I love her. She's my queen. And I'm so forever thankful that of all the characters that die in this oh series, my God. she's not one of them. Because I would have revolted yes. <laughs> against Joanne if that had been the case. I love her. I cry every time she gets hit by those stunning spells in the fifth book i just like i get so scared for her every time even though i know it works out for her i just still get worried ah we had the same list we did we had the same teacher that is wild i know and almost in the same order too wow we are very on the same page with our harry potter page we're soulmates wow we are it's great i love you i love you too (laughs) okay all right let's get into part two where we have each prepared lists and together we will have to come up with an order that we agree on so this is going to be a little bit more debate okay so i think let's stay on the subject of teachers and do the data professors yes so we are going to rank best to worst the defense against the dark arts teachers do you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top. Let's go bottom to top because that's just how we've been doing it. Okay. Um, and just to clarify, we're doing this as how good they are as teachers. Like, it doesn't have anything yes. to do with their, like, personality and how much we like them as, like, a person. It just has to do with how good they are at, like, teaching their subjects. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. I think we should just each read ours. Okay. Bottom and then to we'll top debate. and then we'll discuss. Okay. So. Okay. I'll start. At number seven... Lockhart. <laughs> Number six. The Caros? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about them. Oh, that's okay. oh I only had six. That's okay. okay. That's okay. I threw them in as a last minute thing. Number five, Umbridge. Number four, Quirrell. Number three, Snape. Ooh, it's getting rough. Number two, Moody. Quotation marks. <laughs> And number one is Lupin. Okay. okay. I forgot the Caros. That's okay. We have roughly the same. Ooh. But mine is okay. a little bit switched okay. around okay. in some parts. So I have Umbridge at the bottom. Okay. Followed by Lockhart. Okay. Coming in at fifth place for me because I forgot about the Caros. Mm-hmm. And then I have Snape. And then I have Quirrell. And then I have Moody and Lupin. Okay. So Moody and Lupin are definitely one and two. Yes, for sure. For sure. Lupin and then Moody. I'm here to fight you on the Umbridge Lockhart debate. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, number one, I should we like discuss? I feel like I could be easily swayed on that one, because I you, had a very hard yeah. time deciding who should go where. Do you want to include the Caros in the list? We don't get to see them as teachers. We don't, and that's why I left them out. Let's leave them out. Then. I just, I was going by, like, data professors that Harry has, yeah. All right. I guess. Let's kick them out. We'll, we'll do a top, okay, okay we'll do let's, before so. we get to Lockhart and Umbridge, should we discuss Quirrell and Snape really quickly? Because I feel like that one I think we gotta work bottom work to top. Okay, yeah. okay, so, Lockhart here's why and Umbridge. I'll, here's why I'll fight you on this. They at least learned theory with Umbridge. They okay. read a fucking book. Yeah. A real... Defense Against the Dark Arts book, okay? Okay. With Lockhart, they read his pulp novels and took pop quizzes about his favorite color. Okay. (laughs) I don't think that they actually should have passed that year. 
I, yeah. I, I don't think they learned anything that wasn't about him. I don't think they learned anything about Defense Against the Dark Arts. Yeah, it would be interesting to know how accurate his books are because we find out that, like, he's getting his information from outside sources that are a lot more credible. So I feel like that makes it, even though, like, his classroom style wasn't good because he was asking them about him, I feel like his books may have been a little bit But even then, it's like, okay, so the parts when he's dealing with a vampire are maybe technically accurate. Yeah. But that asshole, 100%, made that maybe, like, 30% of what the actual, like, book was about. And even That's then... That's true, and talked a lot During those parts, I'm sure he was extremely handsome and heroic the whole time. Oh, yeah. And it was pumped up and not very accurate. Mm-hmm. The reading is shitty novels. Okay. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that it should count. I agree. Like, I think that, like I said, it was very hard for me to choose yes. which one I thought was the worst. And Umbridge, I was like, yes, they're getting theory, but part of me was also, like... I feel like it's very heavily implied that during classes, like, the students are not actually doing their readings. They're not actually paying attention. They're not actually learning anything. Mm -hmm. They just sit and sulk about how much they don't want to do the work. I suppose. I think she definitely deserves a place at the bottom, but I think Lockhart is, like, at least an inch worse. Okay, I'll I'll bend. I'll make him the worst. Okay, so... But she definitely is then, like, only one very small step up from him. For sure. So, okay. So, number six, Lockhart. Number five, Umbridge. All right. So, we had Let's talk about Coral and Snape. Okay. Okay. Why do you have Coral above Snape? Um, honestly, we don't know that much about Coral's teaching style at all. We, every time that we ever really interacted with that character in the first book, it's not in the context of the classroom. Yes. But, like... I don't know. In the fifth book, they say, somebody says something along the lines of, like, well, like, yeah, Quirrell was, like, a great teacher, like, in the classroom. Mm -hmm. He just had the slight bad side of having Voldemort sticking out of the back of his head. But I feel like, in general, like, he would have been, like, a good teacher. Like, he would have known what he was talking about in the classrooms. He would have had a lot to, like, come forward. And we don't know anything about his teaching style, but I think, like... I think that it's, I think that it's Umbridge who says that he was good. And I know that, like, coming from her, it sucks, but he was up to, like, ministry-regulated education standards. Yeah. And I feel like that's saying a lot for a lot of the people. Yeah. And I also just, like, I put Snape a step below. We don't see him as much as, like, a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, but I judge based off of, A, how he is when he covers for one of Lupin's classes. Okay. And then also when he... Just, like, seeing how he is as a teacher in general, and I know more of it comes from his potions, but he's very, like, prejudiced. He discriminates a lot. Mm -hmm. He bullies his students. He, like, erases a lot of Harry's work, gives him bad grades when he doesn't deserve it. I'm sure he does it with a lot of his other students, too. Mm -hmm. And so, like, even though students are learning from him, I feel like the way that he runs his classroom is just in such an intimidating manner that it makes it harder for students to, like, do well. In his class. Okay. Which is why I put him below. I yield. I just, like, I think I was maybe taken in by the, like, the subject matter. Yeah. And that he is, like, being very rigorous in a time that, like, that is very necessary as the world is is about to fall into war. Which is a good point. I just, I feel like in his class, like, because he's so much of a bully. he's a bad 
teacher guy, and it translates yeah. into him like bullying children. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have Lockhart, Umbridge, Snape, Quirrell, and then Moody, Moody and Lupin. Lupin. We agree that yes. they're the top two. Absolutely. Yes. They learned so much with Moody. Like, how can he not be up there? Even though he was a bad guy who was doing the teaching, they still learned a lot. But they fucking learned. Yeah, they learned a ton. And Lupin is obviously number one. Yeah. Both in class or manner and also just in being very knowledgeable yep. about what he's teaching about. <laughs> Especially werewolves. <laughs> All right, well, that wasn't too bad. No. Okay. I'm happy that, like, we were mostly in agreement about stuff. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. like one of us put Lupin way at the bottom and just yeah, had to completely debate it, you know? Okay. Do we want to do books best to worst now? Sure. Or should we do movies first? Let's do books, because I feel like movies, we can kind of talk about both of them Mm -hmm. at the same time. Okay. Let's do books. Let's start from bottom to top. Okay. Again, you can start. Okay, so my bottom one, I love, disclaimer right off the bat, I love all of them dearly, and I feel really bad putting any of them at the bottom, but my least favorite. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's make one extra disclaimer on this. Okay. Um... We're doing this on an enjoyment level. We're not doing it from, like, a literary criticism level. Yes, yes. We're doing it about, like, how much we genuinely enjoy. Okay. Yes. We're not... Okay. I just wanted to make that clear really quick. It's from, like, our personal enjoyment level. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Number seven. Stone. Sorcerer's Stone is at the bottom of my list. Okay. And part of that is just because, like, I feel like now, reading it now, when I've read the series so much, it's just boring Starter book. It's a starter book. It's introducing me to all these facts that are intriguing to learn the first time you read it. Mm-hmm. But then, like, after you've read the series multiple times, it's just like, I know what Hogwarts is. I know what the Wizarding World is. I know who these characters are. I don't need this introduction every time. Yep. And I also feel like the plot of Sorcerer's Stone with the actual stone, it just isn't relevant to the series later on like all the other plots are. Yeah. Like, we don't really ever hear about okay. Nicholas Flamel and the stone again. So I'm like, it's not as important as, like all of the other books. Okay. So that's why it's at the bottom. Well, I'll say that I agree with that one for sure. And then, then we'll get into debating. So just go right up the rest of the okay. list. Okay. But yes, of course. It's Sorcerer's Stone is the bottom one. Yes. Okay. Then I have Prisoner of Azkaban is my next one. Ooh. Okay. Keep going. And then I have Goblet of Fire. Okay. Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Deathly Hollows. Wow. And then Half Blood Prince is number one. Okay. All right. Here's mine. We're really different. Are we really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Number seven, Sorcerer's Stone. Number six, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Wow. And number five, Prisoner of Azkaban. Number four, Deathly Hallows. Number three, Goblet of Fire. Number two, Order of the Phoenix. Number one, Half-Blood Prince. Okay, so we can so go we, ahead and put number one as Half-Blood Prince. And we can put seven as Sorcerer's Stone, because we agree yes. on that, too. I was ready and willing to um, put Order of the Phoenix as number one. I think, really objectively, that one is the best. Yeah. But I love the getting ready for the last one. And yeah. I think Half a Prince is so good. I, um, okay, so I put Order of the Phoenix as my number three and Deathly Hollows as my number two, but I had such a hard time yeah. choosing which one should be which. And it's very easy for me to bend and say, yes, Order of the Phoenix is my number two, because I also think that that book is great. I think that it, I think that it deserves the number two spot over Deathly Hallows simply because... Nothing about Order of the Phoenix felt rushed to me. 
Yes. And toward the end of Deathly Hallows, getting into it, there was a little bit of kind of blah, 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 like Russian yeah. pulling it together. Yeah. So I think that Order of Phoenix just like sits real nice. Yes. Nothing rushed okay. about it. it I, feels I am really willing to, okay. to do that. Um, what did you have for your number six? I had Prisoner of Azkaban for okay. my number and six. And I had Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Chamber of Secrets was my number four. <laughs> okay. I only put it there because I, like, I love that book. Yes. So much. Yes. But I just think other ones have more to do. There's, more like, do. more good stuff in the other books than Chamber of Secrets. I just feel like it is also in that category of starter book. It is a starter book, but I feel like I put it higher because every time I read that book, I get so excited about the foreshadowing and the parallels with Half-Blood Prince in it. Okay. And yes. I feel like even though like at the time that you're reading it, it feels like a starter book, it's Going also back very amazing. relevant moving forward. Okay. Like a lot of stuff in it comes back and like hits you in the face and is like, this is important shit. Don't overestimate me or don't underestimate, okay. you know? So that's why I put it higher. Tell me why Prisoner of Azkaban is your number six. Um, that was a tough one for me. I still really love that book. But again, I feel like it's one of the ones that's a little bit more boring the more you read it. Like, mm. I think learning about the Marauders is great. I love learning about, like, their time at Hogwarts. I love learning about, like, the origin of the Whomping Willow and mm -hmm. how that came to be and just, like, what their friendship was like and Lupin being a werewolf and the fact that they're all animals yeah like i i love that and i think their story is very intriguing um and i love the plot twist like i think it's great but yeah. i feel like moving forward like voldemort is not in that book at all yeah. so like it's not really that important to the central plot okay you learn about a lot of great characters that are very important moving forward like lupin and sirius and even peter mm -hmm. Pettigrew a little bit but like i feel like the general plot of that book is not Yes. as relevant as some of the other ones to the defeat of Voldemort and the overall. I will agree with Prisoner thing. of Azkaban at number six. Okay. But I don't think Chamber of Secrets should go any higher than five. Yeah, I'm fine with okay. putting it down to five. <laughs> I had a very hard time choosing between Goblet of Fire and Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Um, okay, so now we pretty much have to decide places three and four, which one is Goblet and which one is Deathly. Okay, which one did you, which one did you have higher? I have Deathly higher. And I have Goblet of Fire higher. Okay. But I'm kind of fine with either. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like I thought, I love them both so much. I don't know. I know. I almost feel like Deathly, like, deserves to be higher just yeah. because it's the final book. It's yeah. the wrap-up. We learn so mm -hmm. much. There are so many plot twists. Oh, it is so, so many. Good. Every time I read it, so I get so excited. So many things get wrapped up in a bow, and I and just it, And love some it. of those things that get wrapped up are, like, things that you weren't expecting yes. to wrap up that way. Which is what makes it so much more intriguing. I will put that at number three. Okay. Okay. And, and now I will... Four. I will read the list. Number one, Half-Blood Prince, which objectively I feel like is wrong, but for us, it is <laughs> it's so not, it's right. It's not wrong. It's always and forever going to be my favorite. Okay. Number one, Half-Blood Prince. Number two, Order of the Phoenix. Number three, Deathly Hallows. Number four, Goblet of Fire. Number five, Chamber of Secrets. Number six, Prisoner of Azkaban. And number seven, Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. I feel that this is a very controversial list. <laughs> I know. I do, too. Okay. Everybody has such a big 
thing for Prisoner of Azkaban, oh, I, I know. feel like. Ooh, get and ready I've for never, our movie list. I've never felt that I've attracted ne- I to haven't, it. I haven't either. Everyone's so horny for it. <gasps> and I'm just like, why? <laughs> okay, let's do movies. Do we want to start with accuracy or do we want to start with favorites? Let's, let's start with the enjoyment one. Okay. I will start this time. Movies, best to worst, but I guess in this case, worst to best. For enjoyment purposes. <laughs> Here we go. This is going to ruffle some feathers. Oh, no. Number eight. Prisoner of Azkaban. Ah, right off the bat. Okay. Number seven, Goblet of Fire. Number six, Half-Blood Prince. Number five, Deathly Hallows Part Two. Number four, Sorcerer's Stone. Number three, Order of the Phoenix. Number two, Deathly Hallows Part One. And number one, Chamber of Secrets. Our list is almost identical. Oh. Almost. <laughs> no. Just a few changes. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. So I have Goblet of Fire at the bottom okay. and then Prisoner of Azkaban next. Okay. Then I agree Half-Blood Prince and then Deathly Hollows Part 2. Oh, my phone shut off. Hold on one second. Okay, and then I have Order of the Phoenix followed by Sorcerer's Stone oh. and then Deathly Hollows Part 1 and then Chamber of Secrets at the top. Okay. Alright, let's start at the bottom. So. Goblet of Fire versus Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. For us. Yes. I just... Okay, here's what I'll say. The reason that Goblet of Fire is above for me is just simply because of the graveyard scene. I knew that it would be. Because I agree. Mm-hmm. That movie is like 99% shit, but then you give me that graveyard. Oh, it's good. And it's amazing. It's oh, like it's one good. of my favorite scenes in the entire Harry Potter True. movie series. Like, I love it. So good. So good. But, I don't know, the same, like, I just like, it's one scene out of like a two hour movie that makes me feel happy mm-hmm. and literally everything else makes me so upset. But that's that- how I feel about Prisoner of Azkaban as a whole. Is like everything. There everything isn't. bothers me about that movie. Yeah, that's everything true. bothers me about that. Prisoner movie. of Azkaban is just—it's so unnecessarily dark. It is so chaotic. It's <laughs> way too artistic for me. Like they try to do too much with it, and it's, I. I definitely it. agree. It deserves to be at the bottom, um, which is going to lose us a lot of fans right now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But I know so many people have boners for that movie, but I hate it. I can't I just, stand oh, it. Oh, God. Okay. okay. Do we... Okay, which one are you I will to be bend, at the bottom? I will bend and let Prisoner be at the bottom okay. as long as Goblet is Absolutely. the next one to the bottom. It has one scene that is redeeming to me. What was your number six? Half-Blood. I agree. That movie makes me... Vomit. Very angry. Okay. It's not the worst, but it's down there. Number five. Deathly Hollows Part 2. Oh my god, we are the same. I know. I think the only other place where we differed is that our orders for Sorcerer's Stone and Order of the Phoenix are Yes. Fine. Okay, so let's talk about that. I put Sorcerer's Stone beneath Order of the Phoenix only because that movie is long and I get tired and I get kind of bored about like two-thirds of the way through and I'm like, oh my god, let's hurry it up. Yeah. Let's hurry it up a little bit. Like, I get very emotional about how small all my kids are. (laughs) And I really like that movie, and it's like, I just, it makes me feel uh, very emotional, and I like it a lot. But I feel like I get tired. Like, I get a little exhausted. Yeah. A good chunk of the way through it. And even though 
Order of the Phoenix makes me a little fussy. I do have fun with it. A, a greater amount of time, I think. Yeah, I. But I I'll don't bend know. if you can get me. Sorcerer's Stone is just so special to me. And part of it is because for a long time that was the only Harry Potter movie that mm-hmm. I'd seen. So part of it is just like it's very nostalgic to me. It's mm-hmm. a movie that I grew up watching. And so it's just very close and near and dear to my heart. Yeah. But I also just like my favorites, not totally, but in general, just kind of have to do with how accurate to the books they are. Like that's how I determine yeah. it. And I feel like the Chris Columbus movies are honestly like with the exception of throwing part one in there, I feel like they're the best made because I feel like Chris Columbus does such a good job of, like, introducing the Wizarding World to us in such a fun and exciting way. He makes it feel very magical. He makes it feel very special. He makes it feel very, like, different from our world. And mm-hmm. he just, like, puts this, like, charm onto it that's just, like, different. Whereas I feel like the later movies are just so, like, modern feeling yeah. to me. That I feel like I have to put order, like, one step below Sorcerer's Stone because it just gives me this, like, happy, childish, like, warm, happy feeling when I watch it. Damn, you got me. Oh, okay. Okay, Order of the Phoenix at number four. Number three, Sorcerer's Stone. Number two, Deathly Hallows Part One. And Chamber. And Chamber of Secrets at number one. Christian Coulson, thank you very much. It's also another very <laughs> controversial thing. I think that we think Chamber is the best because that's the one that people love to, like, hate. I don't know why. I think it's just because it's long. It is. It's only because it's long. That's the only reason people hate it. And I'm like, it's like five minutes longer than the next longest movie. Like, Are you kidding? Your it's crap. that much? Maybe ten. Wow. It's not. It's not like it's, like half an hour longer it's like barely longer wow but people like hate on it because of that and i'm like it's so well done though well i'm glad we're in agreement now here comes the harder one i think accuracy this is a very tough list for me me too me too this is gonna be full debate cast here we go number eight half-blood prince number seven order of the phoenix Number six, Goblet of Fire. Number five, Deathly Hallows Part Two. Number four, Deathly Hallows Part One. Number three, Prisoner of Azkaban. Number two, Sorcerer's Stone. Number one, Chamber of Secrets. Okay. There's going to be some debating. Holy shit. But not a ton. Okay. My lowest is Goblet. Okay. Followed by Order. Followed by Half-Blood. Deathly Hollows Part 2. Yep. Prisoner of Azkaban. <gasps> Deathly Hollows Part 1. Sorcerer's Stone. And Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Chamber of Secrets can stay at the top. I so guess. can Sorcerer's Stone. As okay. number two. Okay. All right. But the rest we've got to. I think we had um, Deathly Hollows Part 2 in the same spot, too. At number five? Yes. Okay. But the rest is debatable. Um. Okay. So, okay, we're in agreement that four, five, and six are, like, the bottom three. Yes. Okay. I had Half-Blood Prince at the bottom of that one. Okay. Because they left out a lot, and what they did leave in was very flawed. (laughs) Yes. I get Goblet of Fire suffers from the same thing, Mm -hmm. but I think that they included more than Half-Blood Prince did. And I will say, Goblet of Fire 
I would. I had as number six, but I would agree to it being lower than that because it's the same thing of what they did do. You think of the maze. Mm-hmm. Ain't so incorrect and disappointing. Right. So I think that it deserves number... I think it deserves either of the two bottom spots. Okay. I think I'm a little extra sensitive about Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> I think so, too. But I agree. Half-Blood definitely deserves to be down low, and I would be willing to put it lower than I had it. Okay. Um, they do leave a lot out. I'm so... And they put in stuff that's not in the book. Okay. Too. Yes. Like, it's not just they leave stuff out, but they also put in stuff that's unnecessary and irrelevant and doesn't happen. And I also feel like they focus way more on the romantic comedy side of it than they should. That book is so creepy, it should not feel like a rom-com when you're watching it. Yeah. So I think it deserves to be lower. I don't know if it deserves to be the bottom, though. Okay, half the Prince versus Goblet of Fire, which is worse. <laughs> That's what we're working with right now. I. Th- okay, here, I feel like the pacing of Half-Blood Prince is on par with the book. Okay. Whereas I feel like Goblet of Fire, we're already at Hogwarts by the time we reach, like, the 15-minute mark. Oh, my God. Yes. But, like, the first, like, hundred pages of that book are, like, being picked up from the Dursleys and the going to the Weasleys and the Quidditch Cup and everything that happens there. And we don't even make it to Hogwarts until we're, like, a third of the way into the book, it feels like. Maybe not a third, but, like, there's a lot that happens before we get to school. But in the movie, like, we're there. You've convinced Right me. away. Okay, Goblet of Fire at number eight. And Half-Blood Prince at number seven. Yes. Okay. So then Order of the Phoenix will be number six. six. Agreed. Okay. Okay, we're between three and four now. Prisoner of Azkaban and Deathly Hallows Part One. Okay. Here's what I'll say. Here's okay. my argument for Prisoner of Azkaban being higher. Okay. It's all fucking there. <laughs> it's all there. The pacing is fucked. Yes. The pacing is shit. Yeah. In my humble opinion. The pacing's bad. But all of it's there. No matter how rushed it is. That's a good point. There it is. Deathly Hallows Part 1. I think the pacing is a million times better. I find it, you know, as we've discussed, I find it a thousand percent more enjoyable than I find Prisoner of Azkaban. But, I don't know. It felt like there was stuff missing from it. And that can be a symptom of it being one of the last ones when shit has been left out of previous ones and it has to scramble yeah. to try and do something. So it's almost like it's not that movie's fault. It's like but it's the still fault wrong. of the previous. Yeah. But it's still wrong. And so I, I think Prisoner of Azkaban is more accurate to the book than Deathly Hallows Part 1. I agree with your pacing thing. I just... The spot where I differ is I feel like, kind of like how we feel about Order of the Phoenix. They leave a lot of stuff out, but I feel like what they put in, they do very well. Okay. And it's very accurate to the book. And I feel like Deathly Hollows Part 1 is the same way, that I feel like the stuff that they include is very well done. Like, they did a good job with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Prisoner of Azkaban just doesn't give me the same feel that I get while I'm reading the book. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's where I differ. But I totally agree with, like, the pacing. Mm-hmm. So I guess it comes down to, like, is the pacing what's more important? What's more important, the like, story details or the feelings? Or, like, the, the overall portrayal of the book? The portrayal or the, like, point-by-point accuracy? Mm. That's a tough one. That's really hard. 
I feel like I'm also just biased because I enjoy Deathly Hallows Part 1 more. I do too. And, and it's, it's so hard to put that aside. But I also just feel like, oh, I don't know. It's just hard. Like, is pacing of the story more important? Or is, like, the portrayal of what happens that's included more important? Because that's where those movies are different. What has accuracy meant to us for the rest of this list? Details. It details. Details, story points, plot points. Mm -hmm. Are they handling the plot correctly? Are they putting in everything that they can? Well, yeah, and that's why we put Goblet at the bottom was because the pacing was so bad. But they also did plot points wrong. Yes. So. That's, oh, it's so hard. (laughs) I don't even know. I don't even know. It's very difficult, and we're in a standoff of who's willing to bend. I know. Mm. I just don't know if I'm convinced. I know. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I feel like both of us have such solid arguments that now I'm just like debating and like I don't even know what I, I believe know. anymore. Like I don't even know which one I agree with more. Ooh. It's really hard. It's, like, not even me, like, wanting to stick to my guns and be like, no, I had it right. It's just, like, a genuine, I don't know which one is more accurate. I I agree with what you have to say about Deathly Hallows Part 1, but I just, like, in my thoughts about, like, book-to-movie accuracy, I just think Prisoner of Azkaban put in more of the book. Put in more of the book and important stuff and little things. But, like, how well did they do it, though? (sighs) I feel like they I still mean, left out fast. enough for me to be, like, salty about it, though, mm-hmm. too. Like, in the way that they tell the Marauder's story, they leave mm-hmm. out a ton of details. A ton of details. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Okay. This is tough. I will... <laughs> I, I No, I'm, I'm calling it. I'm putting Prisoner of Azkaban at number four and Deadly Alice Part 1 at number three. Are you? Okay. Okay. Now... Let's read off the list. Okay. For accuracy, number one, Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Which I feel like, let's just say this. I feel like people are going to get mad at us because the number one thing that people always say when it comes to this is like, well, where's the death day party? The death day party sucks. I wouldn't have wanted to see it. I don't think it was that important. No, I don't think it was either. They just they just needed them to walk to be able to get caught somewhere. Right. And Which they was managed just to do just fine. Fun ghost trivia that I don't think was super necessary. Yeah. Anyway. And like that's like just putting it out there. All the movies leave out so much more important stuff too. So like you can't get mad at that movie for leaving out something that's like that, insignificant. Yeah, to some when the other movies leave out big fucking details. For leaving like out memories. things, I feel like That's forgivable. Death Day Party is like at the lowest of like able to be upset about. Right. Anyway. Number one, Chamber of Secrets. Number two, Sorcerer's Stone. Number three, Deathly Hallows Part One. Number four, Prisoner of Azkaban. Number five, Deathly Hallows Part Two. Number six, Order of the Phoenix. Number seven, Half Blood Prince. And ending our list at number eight, Goblet of Fire. Sounds good to me. Oof. Those got kind of tough. I'm surprised that we got so different for some of them. I know. I'm not surprised that our favorites were very similar. No. I'm not surprised at that either. 
<laughs> I am also a little surprised at how differing our original lists for the books were different. Yeah. Favorites of the books. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed with us, though. I am, too. We I did it, did and it didn't get job. bloody. It was no, bloody. I know. <laughs> we weren't shouting, so it's fine. <laughs> we were just in a, in a moral, ethical, and emotional crisis. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's all that we've had planned for this podcast. Yeah. Pretty exciting stuff. I think we did well. So I think it went. Really I think it well. went really that well was too. Exciting. That was good, fun. We swore a lot, so not family friendly content. Yeah, we're sorry. That's going to be a theme in pretty much all of our. But podcasts. good times. We get very passionate, and yeah. that, with passion comes profanity. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tagline. <laughs> well, let's talk about what we see the future being for this podcast. This was the taste. What else are we going to get into? What are our plans for the future? We are going to get into a lot. We have lots of ideas that we've tossed around of things we want to talk mm-hmm. about. We have plans to do book club yes. to read the books and talk about. Yeah, we'll how come we with feel when it's like fresh in our full discussion questions ready to go. We are going to do like watch the movie with us, listen to our commentary while we watch all eight movies and Fantastic Beasts. Yes, agree. That's a that's another big point. We support Fantastic Beasts on this podcast. Yes. We're about it. It's a part of the universe now, and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it. So there are going to be Fantastic Beasts podcasts in the future. Yes. If you're not a fan of those or don't care, you can just skip them, and we'll have other just Harry Potter-related content coming your way. Yes. So we'll have movie discussions. We'll have Fantastic Beasts discussions. We will have book club. Yeah. And we'll have some where we just talk about a certain character or a certain theory or yeah. a certain idea. And more dumb stuff like this where more we just kind of yell about our yeah, favorite things. Yeah, it'll be just like a little <laughs> mix of whatever we're feeling. Some of them will probably be more discussion, literary, serious based. Mm-hmm. And some of them will just be more goofy yeah, play stuff like what this was. So it'll be a variety for sure. So we're hoping to put stuff out once a week, I think. Yeah. That's what we want to do. That's what we're planning on doing. But, you know, being lenient. We're both hitting up adulthood. new, fresh adulthood and careers, and it's all yeah, a big nightmare. we are, like, fresh out of college infants <laughs> that have a lot going on with starting new jobs and stuff like yep. that. So we are going to aim for once a week, but yep. that may or may not yeah. stick around. And we'll hey, see. you can find out all about any updates about the podcast on our Twitter, where we're going to be doing lots of fun stuff, like polls. That's cool, I guess, that we can do that on Twitter now. Is so then polls. we can get even more ideas from the fans that we're hoping to develop. Yeah, so you can... For what you want us to talk yeah, about. Yeah, you can interact with us. We'll, you know, ask for, you know, podcast episode ideas and stuff. We're willing to do whatever. It's all very fun. Send in your theories. Send in whatever. It'd be fun to do a headcanon-based podcast. It would. Theories and headcanons. It's very exciting. That would be fun. I've heard a lot of really good ones. That would be fun to yeah. talk about. So our Twitter is at Myrtle Bath Pod. All one thing, no underscores or anything. Myrtle Bath Pod. And if you don't use Twitter but you'd like to get in touch with us, we are also Myrtle Bath Pod at gmail.com. Feel free to email us. And we if, will respond. Yeah, if that's a thing we do in this modern modern times. Yeah, if you still use who's, email. Who's to say? Send uh, us a note. Tell us what you think. <laughs> send us a note by owl, and hopefully we'll find it someday. Our owl is named Gmail. <laughs> Gmail the owl. Gmail the owl. Oh, my God. 
How sad is that? That's okay. Horrible. <laughs> All right. I think that is where we are going to wrap it up. Yes. Please get on Twitter. I mean it. It's going to be fun. with us. We want friends. We're all we about it. Yes. We want people to talk to. We <laughs> want feedback. Give us your feedback. We're needy and we're on our knees here. So Yeah, I am begging. <laughs> Please. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. We'll Hopefully be back we soon. we didn't offend too many people with yeah. our opinions. I know. Maybe we should have started with something a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> Less controversial. Less controversial. <laughs> well, anyway, you heard it. Hope you tune in again. Over and out. <laughs> Over and out. <laughs> Smell you later, ghosties. <laughs>